0: In today's show We're going to look back at all of the action From Wednesday in the NBA Michael Bolton Thanks Josh It's Michael Bolton here And it's time for another episode Of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast Let's get to it Let's get to it Indeed You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball Your daily fantasy basketball podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b and on Instagram at LockedonFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Nine games on, so we're going to talk about all of those games. Let's get into a little bit of news before we do that. Um I did the What to Watch For show earlier today. Also, if if you missed it, I did a trade deadline preview show for the Eastern Conference. Tomorrow's is the Western Conference. that will come then. Um, but we talked about the possibility of what happens with the Spurs and the big men. Well, they're both out. pertle and Landau are both out concussion protocol. So it's going to have to be, you would think, Drew Eubanks starting. Zach Collins also out. Eubanks is going to have to start and they're going to have to play small. Bates, Diop, maybe Thad Young gets back into the mix. They were playing a lot of Devin Vassell in that lineup with Colton Johnson at the five. So uh, a lot more minutes available, I think, for some of those guards with the absences of those big men in San Antonio for at least tomorrow's game. Landry Shamet he's going to miss a little bit of time with um, the ankle sprain, at least another seven days. Not that he's making much of an impact for fantasy, of course, but... His absence then opens up more playing time for other guys uh, coming off that bench like Alfred Payton. And it hurts as well with Cameron Payne still out. Well, some good news in Miami. Kyle Lowry looks like he's returning. He's rejoined the team. He's with them for the game in San Antonio. He's listed as questionable. So if he doesn't return for tomorrow's game, then you would think the next game he's ready to go. So that's really positive news for him. It's not great news for Gabe Vincent and his fantasy value. Probably hurts everyone else as well a little bit. Struess, Bam, all those guys, except for Jimmy Butler, probably lose a little bit. But it's great news that Lowry is set to return probably at some time this week. So that is fantastic news. Now, because I did the trade deadline show today, we didn't have the waiver wire show. So let's just look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Number one was Davion Mitchell, up 17%. It seems like De'Aaron Fox is getting closer. But who knows? It's taking forever for him to come back. So Mitchell's being added. He's a great stream option. Of course, Isaiah Jackson's up 17%. He's rostered in basically every um, advanced league at the moment, and that did not work particularly well today. The good news is he's ja- his injury, Jackson, is not um, considered serious. It doesn't appear. He's not in a walking boot or anything like that, but the distinct possibility is that by the time he plays, which might be one or two games, the is back. Trade deadline may have come and gone. Um, Goga might be back. Chit Miles Turner might be playing. Like, who knows? I would still hold him through the trade deadline, but this was the run. This was the opportunity for him to put up big numbers, and it got cut short. Baisley up 16%. Yeah, I guess streaming in today with some defensive stats, sure. Alec Burke's up 13 Well, yep, that don't fall for that one. while Pope up nine. That didn't work out today, but it's not a bad ad. Same with Chetty Osman, who was up 8%. Again, they're fine to stream in, but you can move on from them, of course. Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews up 7, and Dwayne Washington up 7. I guess people are just looking for some points and threes there. They're only streamers, so you can go ahead and drop them. Nerland's Noel and Kavon Looney up 6%. Now, Looney's an interesting one. He doesn't play today. But I think he's a pretty interesting guy to just keep as a back-end stream option, especially with a low-volume schedule tomorrow. But remember that you know, Curry and Wiggins and Clay, all those guys, Otto Porter, probably returning tomorrow while uh, Draymond does remain out. For the top dropped players... Over that same 24-hour time period. Biumbo down 36%. Yeah, okay, cool. See you later. Bye. Drop him in basically every league. Ayton's back, he's gone. Billy Hernan Gomez down 12%. Yep, sure. Yep, he's coming off the bench now. And you would imagine that when Josh Hart returns, you're gonna get just Jackson Hayes moving back to the backup. Um, Duncan Robinson down 8%. Yeah, don't need to hold him. The tank. Tom Bryant. <laughs> He's down 8%. Sure, I didn't think he was really a must-add anyway. Gabe Vincent down 7. Well, with Lowry coming back, sure, no problem. Uh, Otto Porter down 6. I'd be scooping Otto Porter back up. Luke Kennard down 6. Very hard to know. Very hard to know what goes on with um with that team at this point just because of the, you know, all of the nonsense that goes on with their rotations. It does make it hard. Um Killian Hayes down 6%. Yeah, look, the rotations are killing him. Alexander Walker down 5 sure. And Whiteside down 5 given his absence today. And there's only one more game this week. Very, very, very hard for me to consider him. Any sort of must-hold player. BetOnline.net. That's where you got to go, because they've got everything that you can need for the Super Bowl coming up. More player props, odds, lines, whatever you need. Marching straight towards that Super Bowl on, what is it, February 13th. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates on current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all of the new, amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Trade deadline, Thursday, February the 10th. We're like one week away, and we're going to have a live show over on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel, hosted by Kim Becker, with John Corrales and myself providing analysis on all of the moves that go down, joined by hosts right across the network. We're going to be talking about the real-life impacts. I'm going to be chuck, chuck, yeah chucking in, that's the word, chucking in my fantasy analysis as well. So 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February the 10th, over on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Let's go into the games now. First game. Well, I don't know what to do with the Sixers. They play without Embiid and they beat the Grizzlies and Bede comes back, and they take on a Wizards team without Beal, and they lose at home. Nothing there makes sense, does it? Surely. 106-103. That just does not... um, It just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Let's look at what happened, though. Without Beal and without Tom Bryant, who I'd imagine is going to miss some more games, Daniel Gafford started. He played only 21 minutes. Nine and seven with a block is solid enough. I'd be grabbing him while Bryant is out and through to the deadline and seeing what happens now. Kuzma was great again, 24-7, and 4-3s with three blocks. His production has been just amazing. Yeah, up until about four, three, four weeks ago, he wasn't a top 100 guy. Now he's 74th this season. He is just ramping things up at a big level. Dinwiddie shot six, so 16 times, 25% for 14 points. That's terrible. But 12 rebounds and 10 assists helps, while Kispert had 11 points in 18 minutes, and Hachimura had 11 in 19 while Montrez Harrell played 27 minutes, he had 14 points. Like Totally fine. Like He's worth holding in 12s for now, but I honestly just don't see it long-term for him. Stinker from KCP, four points on 10 shots, 20%. 29 minutes. He is at least a stream 12-team league guy. No problem with having him. If you want to drop him, it doesn't matter either. And Denny Avdia had eight and nine in 26 minutes, and they continue to start Aaron Holiday for reasons I just will not understand. Two points and missed both of his shots. For the Sixers, Embiid returned. 27, 14, and 6. But he was just off. Didn't hit him from the line. Didn't hit him from the field. Tarius Maxi did his best. 22, 8, and 7, 38 minutes. His minutes load at the moment, Maxey, is gigantic. He's averaging 40 minutes a night over the last two weeks. It's a lot. You hope it doesn't um, cause a problem, but it's a lot at the moment. Big numbers. Toby Harris, 18 and 9 in 41 minutes for the Thick Hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. They started Danny Green and Matisse Theibel together with Seth Curry out. Theibel had two blocks. That's what he does. Nothing else. That's what he does also. While Green had six points with two threes and isn't really a 12 or 14 or even 16 team league guy with. And with Embiid back, Drummond played 13 minutes. He had four, three, and four. I would drop him, but I know that you guys won't. So I'm not going to waste my breath on it anymore. Isaiah Joe played 25 minutes, 11 points with three triples. They're nice little you know, step up from him with Curry, Cork, and Milton all out. But Curry, Corkmars, and Milton were all out. So it's not, I don't think, anything that we're going to have significant reliability for as we move forward uh, into the rest of the season. Unless, you know, some other injury news tends to come out. The next game, the Magic. I don't know how they won this. Beating the Pacers, 119, 118. Not that their talent didn't exceed the Pacers, but the Pacers were up and the Magic stormed home. 119, 118, as I said. Let's talk about Wendell Carter Jr., who's really flying at the moment. 47 fantasy points. 19 and 18, a steal on a block, 34 minutes. And you contrast that with Mo Bamba, who played 15 minutes. One, two, three, four, five. A lot of people ask me, like, oh, what's going on with Bumba? Like, there's, there's a couple of reasons. Like, why is he playing so little? The Pacers had no center. Their tallest player was like six foot five because of all the injuries. So, you know, you don't need to run those two big men. And he's not that good that, it cre- that he creates that mismatch, mismatch advantage. He just isn't that good. We might get confused when he has a game where he hits seven threes and scores twenty-eight points and think that he blocks five shots, but he is not all that good on court. And he is the guy that is going to lose out when Yokai John Isaac returns and gets minutes. Like it's going to be Bumba that misses out. It's not going to be Carter, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think they're going to go with Bumba over Carter. I'd be really surprised. Gary Harris went off. 32 minutes, 22 points, 6 triples, 5 assists and 2 steals. I wouldn't get carried away with adding him because this time next week he'll be wearing a different uniform. Um, but some nice um, some nice numbers um, from him in this game. At least streamable for the time being. Cole Anthony, 15 points, 13% shooting. Oh. He did have 6 boards and 8 assists and two threes, so helping there and it was 9 of 10 from the line. That is abominable, 13%. That is just horrific stuff. Franz Wagner had 17 points. Another strong game from him. And Suggs, he was a little bit better. 12 points on 38%, but added eight assists with four boards. I'd hold Cole. I'd hold Suggs. In- incidentally, Suggs is 117th over the last two weeks and Cole is 118th. Um, Jim Rakiki, the defense wasn't there. Zero steal, zero blocks. So then his 8-4-2 and two line looks pretty bad. <clears throat> That's the problem with him is it? He was getting those defensive sets in such large volume that it was going to be pretty hard for that stuff to continue. He was also shooting the ball at a ridiculous rate. He shot it, I think, not bad here, 50%. But the minutes remain in that mid to low 20s. And he's a very low usage player who was getting by on unsustainably large defensive numbers. So stream him in, sure, no worries. But it was not going to be able to last at that level. For the Pacers, we talked about it already, but Isaiah Jackson started and 22 seconds into the game, he sprained his ankle. That's a wasted game in a Roto League. It's just—it's a waste in general of a pickup. But maybe that's not true. Because again, we can hold and we see what happens. There was no Brogdon, no Turner, no Sabonis, no Goga, no Brissett in this game. Goga and Brissett could return next game. And we just don't know what their plans are for Jackson. But with him out, it was the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, who played 37 minutes, 24 and 16, won three. I don't know how long Goga or Jackson or Brissett are going to be out I've got no idea so you could add Taylor and get zero useful games out of him it's a distinct possibility you might also get a week out of it waiting for Sabonis or Turner or Goga or Brissett or Jackson to return I don't mind it as a stream put up big numbers and you've been trending in a good direction but it could also be nothing Levert had 26-5-5, five and five, or Tory Craig also has some streamability with those guys out. 22 points in five threes. And Lance Stevenson, 16 minutes for Lance, 14-3-6. and six. Pretty good line from Lance. He's not a guy you want in 12 or 14-team leagues, or maybe even 16-teamers. But he did sign a rest-of-season contract today. I don't understand the Pacers were holding off signing him for a rest-of-season contract to maintain flexibility for the trade deadline. We get to one week from the trade deadline, and they go, Hey, here's a rest-of-season for you, Lance. Just wait a week, guys. You're not winning games. Like, you're not winning games. You don't need to play him because you're pushing for the playoffs. If the whole idea was maintaining flexibility, then wait a week and maintain the flexibility. Like, why get right to the very end and then do it? So, unless the report from Shams is incorrect and the Pacers said, we are going to sign him, but it's not happening till next week and Shams didn't communicate that, then it's just a stupid process. It's a ridiculously dumb process. You could have signed him to a full season contract weeks ago. If that's what you're going to do and you're just trying to maintain flexibility, and now you get to the time where you actually need the flexibility and you burn it. Seriously, sometimes either the stuff that gets reported is ridiculous or the people making these moves, they've got no idea. Justin Holiday was like totally fine. 13 points with three threes, a steal. Like he's fine tracking as a 12-team league guy. I'm not really sure that's going to last long term, but he was all right. Well, Dwayne Washington's hot streak ended five points in 25 minutes on 29%. He's only just a deeper league guy. Uh, I don't think we can look too much further into him. Let's look at the next game. It's the Charlotte Hornets and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics went at 113-107. Lamello was great. His minutes are really up now. 39 minutes, 38 points, 9 assists, 4 threes, 2 steals. So cranking along, 62 fantasy points. That's great after that little stretch where he was playing like 31, 30 minutes, which was really frustrating. Kelly Oubre returned. He played 34 minutes. He only shot 25%, but then decided, no, nah, I'm not going to do 10 threes. I'm just going to give you four steals in three blocks. Like, what? It helps, of course, that there's no McDaniels or Haywood. So you have him for now. And then he could have four points on in 22 minutes next game. They moved Cody Martin out of the starting lineup. He played 39 minutes last game. He played 16 here. And they started P.J. Washington Jr. next to Mason Plumlee. Now, I think some of that is to match up with the Williams and Horford front court in Boston. And we got big minutes. PJ played 42, 16 and seven, four threes and two steals. I don't trust it for a single second, but it's it's encouraging. While Plumlee played 30 and had five points, but 17 boards with horrid percentages. A rough night from Miles Bridges. In fact, a stinking night. Six points in 31 minutes, no assists, 25 from the field, 67 from the line, shocking numbers. But he's been great. So you're going to have occasional stinker like that. While um, Rogier had 23, five and four and three steals. For the Celtics, Marcus Smart continues to play at an exceptionally high level. 40 fantasy points, 22-4-6, 64% sh- shooting, while his backup, strict backup, Dennis Schroeder, had six points in 17 minutes. And as I will continually say, Schroeder should have been dropped weeks ago. Should have been dropped weeks ago, right? But if you do believe that he will be traded to a team that will make him a starter, I don't know what team that is. Because remember, basically any team had the ability to sign him in the offseason as well. And that's why he had to you know, grovel for a one-year... million contract or whatever it was from Boston because no one was interested. So I'm not sure what team is giving up anything to take him on to be their starter. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a team appears to do that. Um, He's just not going to have the value. But it's a week. Hold on. Al Horford's minutes are up. They're going with this really, really tight rotation. 33 minutes for Horford. 6 and 12 with two threes, 29% shooting. I don't think this is going to be the norm in terms of the minutes, but it's encouraging. He's a fringe 12 teamer. Rob Williams is more than that. Only 10 points, but 83%, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks for the Rock DJ. DJ. Well, Tatum, you'll be shocked to know this. He shot poorly, 19-6-9, and nine, and Jalen Brown had 15-6-6 six six with a bunch of turnovers. I wouldn't have thought Jalen played particularly well in this game. Um, he's been fine. Like I think that's how you describe what you know. Tatum and Brown, they've, they've been fine. They haven't exceeded our expectations. They've probably underwhelmed our expectations a little bit, but they also haven't been horrific. They've been just solidly good and solidly just a little bit under where our expect- our expectations might have lied for them uh, in the preseason. But your expectations for Rock Auto should be sky high, and that's because they're great. Why would you waste your time and money going to a local chain auto parts store, going, lining up behind the counter, talking to that bloke there who's going to just intimidate you with questions and then steal your money, metaphorically, Go to rockauto.com, they're a family business, serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same products you can find at Rock Auto? It doesn't make any sense. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And those Rock Auto prices always reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com and see all of the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's go on to the next game. It is the Memphis Grizzlies and the New York Knicks. The Grizzlies win it on the road at MSG 120-108. Jaron Jackson, he is flying. 49 fantasy points, 26 and 10, two blocks and four threes. Really, really good stuff. Um, Big numbers. De'Anthony Melton, big numbers. 14 points, four threes, one steal. 63%. Unfortunately, he played 18 minutes. And if he's going to play that well, and play 18 minutes, it's not good enough. I love him. It's not good enough. You can't just knock off my coffee again. Um, you can't hold him in 12-team leagues. Des Bain shot horribly. 13 points on 22%. But seven boards, four threes, two steals, two blocks. That's not something Bain has really done all that much in the past. But getting those other numbers is really, really, really important. And Zaire Williams shot amazingly. 21 points on 82%. He played 33 minutes. I don't buy that for a second. He's just like a 16 to 18 team league guy while um, is out. Kyle Anderson has no business being in a 12 team league um, roster. Get that garbage out of here! Get he four points in 14 minutes and Brandon Clark only played 18. 10 and seven with a steal. We wanted to watch Clark because we thought, okay, when Kyle Anderson comes back, what happens? Um, what has happened has been not been good at all. We know Clark doesn't need a huge amount of minutes to get there. He is the 153rd ranked player in 18 minutes. That's not 12-team must roster. He's 120th over the last two weeks in 21 minutes. That probably is must roster. Like, where does he fit rest of season? Somewhere in there. If you're in a 10-team format and you've got Clark and you need to drop him, no worries. See you later. Don't worry about it. In a 12-teamer, it's on, it's on the fence. Like, if my decision is to grab Isaiah Jackson and drop Brandon Clark, even though Jackson's hurt, I would do it. I would do it. If it's to drop Brandon Clark to try Zaya Williams, I'd say, don't worry about that. I'd say, you just leave that alone. I'll, I'll keep Clarky. So it is really dependent. Um ja Morant, rest in p- your percentages. 33% from the field. 63 from the line. Didn't hit a three, but had three steals. Had nine rebounds and 23 points. Not his best game, but 48 fantasy points is pretty nice. For the Knicks, Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. This is one of these things we just haven't seen from him much this season. 14 and 11, eight blocks. 88% shooting. Great. Really, really good. The problem is, even including this game, he's the 213th ranked player over the last two weeks, and he's still outside the top 150 for the season. But this is what we hope we get a little bit more of. Same with Ivan Fournier. This is sexy. 30 points, eight triples. 61% shooting for the diseased scrotum. But he's 160th for the year. He's all over the place. I'd, pro- I'd rather have him than Kemba Walker, but he's all over it. Rowan Barrett, back to bad percentages, I see. 23-4-1. 41 from the field, 73 from the line. And despite, you know, playing well, 199th this season. 208th over the last two weeks. Is it really worth holding? You've got to have some really specific buffers in percentages to deal with him. And the double royal, Julius Randall. He was ejected towards the end, but ended up with 18, 12, and 9, of course, on sub-par shooting, which is just the standard, and low defensive numbers. Quickly did the thing where he doesn't do anything in the first three quarters and plays and does big stuff in the fourth. 27 minutes, 11 points, five assists, but I don't trust it at all. He shot poorly. I don't understand Tom Thibodeau's rotations. I don't understand why Kembo, who I don't think scored for the last two games, plays those 17 minutes, and why quickly gets held for the fourth. And then if quickly doesn't get it going in the fourth, he plays 10 minutes total. It, none of it makes any sense. It's obviously working for you, Tommy. You're going real well. You might want to think about changing something. Maybe maybe at some point. Um, yeah, he's just a stream option. Well, Grimes had been playing well, played 15 minutes. Toppen had been playing like 17, 18 minutes. He played 11. Very hard to get excited about this Knicks team, really. I don't know how you could. Let's go on to the next game. Big win for the Rockets over the Cleveland Cavaliers. 104-115. They rested sat down get Darius Garland with his back issue whether it's a real rest or a real injury it is a real injury but how could he have gone if this wasn't against the Rockets I don't know but they cost themselves a win That or that costs them a win 115-104 Houston wins it Kevin Love 29 minutes 21-13 and 13. with Mark and out minutes are up with Garland out minutes and usage are up might want to use it to turn into a sell high for Kev while Brandon Goodwin started he only had 7 points but 7 rebounds and 8 assists if Garland remains out which I don't believe he will You could stream Goodwin. They kept the Discman, Sidi Osman, Sidi Osman, sorry, in the starting lineup, and he played 35 minutes. 13 points, three threes, but absolutely nothing else, and that was with Dean Wade moving to the bench. He missed all three of his free throws as well. He is just a stream option. Well, Jarrett Allen had some early foul trouble, ended with 23 points. No, he didn't. He had 23 minutes, 11 points. And Evan Mobley, the free throws continue to be a massive issue, but 29 and 12 is huge from him. Okoro still just chugging along as a 14 to 16 team league player, 11 points. And Rondo had five assists in 15 minutes, but he is clearly not the answer to their backcourt woes. The fact that Garland is out and he still plays 15 minutes means that he's not really helping what they hoped he would help when Rubio went down. He, he's past it. I think we all know that. Dean Wade, three points in his 13 minutes. For the Rockets, Jalen Green, really good game. 20 36 minutes, 21 points. Five assists is always really encouraging as well. A steal on a block. Very good game. The Crucifix, Christian Wood. 21-7-4 in and and 34 minutes with three threes. But importantly, very much importantly, he played next to Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Now, I posited that maybe, maybe they played together because it was against the big lineup of the Cavs. And Silas said this after the game. He said, oh, look, we sort of looked at that. They'll play against those two centers, but... Now, now this dickhead is like no, but I actually want to keep trying. This of these two playing together moving forward. They played together a lot here. And Christian Wood post game said something along the lines of yeah, like I, I, I want to play alongside Shengun. And Shengun said something along the lines of hey, I, I had to make it work. So I need to get these minutes. I don't know if this is the awakening that this team needed to play him more minutes. Shengoon, this is. He had nine and eight. It's not great. Nine and eight with a block. It's, it's totally fine. But if he's gonna play 24, 25 a night then yes, you add him in 12-team leagues. Because you know four weeks ago, no, nah, I'm not playing two centers. I'm not playing two centers. It's just not happening. It's not t- happening. Oh, maybe we'll play them two centers. Okay, so now the opinion's changed. If you've held Chengu in this whole way, congratulations, he's the 220th ranked player. I don't think it's going to be a league winner, which is one of the biggest misnomers in fantasy ever. Um, very rarely is a player a league winner. It just doesn't happen. You've got to have just the right luck, the right team, the right moves, the right multitudes of league winners on your team. Not one bloke who wins it for you. But anyway, so you know, holding him through all of this time has probably been the wrong decision. But adding him now might be the right one. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Minutes back up, but six points, not really cutting it, is it? The four steals are nice. I, I don't I don't think he's a must for us to twelve team league player. And then KJ Martin, who was stepping up, played uh, 18 minutes for 10 points. And that's, that's the factor with Sengun playing. At the four, or wood at the four, however you want to phrase it, means that there's fewer minutes for Martin to get out there, which is a worry. Eric Gordon is playing like trash. You can stream him for 12s, but he is shocking at the moment. 11 points with three assists. He's really, really struggling. While Gary Bird had 16 in 24. Kevin Porter's revenge game had 16, 1 and 7 with a steal. So just like literally a regular game. He was also one of four from the line. So uh, bad luck for your free throws there. But still, he is playing at a higher level than he was before. He's you know multitude of thigh issues and then his COVID diagnosis. He's playing at a much better level than then. The Thunder in overtime. Beat the Dallas Mavericks. Holy shit. On the road. 120-114. The big fella. Lugens Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. 30 points, six triples. He went off in overtime. Trey Mann went off in regulation. 29 points with six triples. How you play 41 minutes without grabbing a single rebound escapes me, but he scored well. Now, Trey Mann has been starting in place of Shea. Even before Shea went down, he started one game. He's done nothing like this. So don't look at this and go, wow, Trey Mann, absolute must-out. I've got no problem with adding him, but he is very empty from a fantasy skill set sort of situation that he, he can score... I'm not really sure what else he does. And it's a little bit like a, little bit DeAndre Hunter-ish. Where's the rebounds? Where's the assists? Where's the defensive stats? Are you going to get enough shots? Are they going to go in? So it's great. And it would have been great to have streamed him in before today. But, you know, is this his best game for the season? Probably. I don't mind taking a flyer there. Giddy, 14, 7, and 10, was good as well, as was Kenrich Williams. The numbers aren't great for Kenrich, the Oklahoma City butterfly, but 8, 4, and 5 is still and a block is nice. And Baisley, this is what Baisley does. Shoots poorly, but had 11 boards and 3 blocks. You need boards and blocks. Baisley's your guy. He's a good streamer. Aaron Wiggins went to the locker room late. He had 8 points in 24 minutes, while Mamadi, Mamadi Diakiti started with Robinson Earl as a late scratch. Derek Favors, DMP City. 2 and 10 for Diakiti with a block. Deeper Leagues will want to watch him. He can put up some numbers. But, yeah, Robinson Earl comes back. He goes back to playing, like, nine minutes. Um, yeah, like, that's that's sort of where he sits. For the Mavs, Doncic, 40-6, 10 assists, 3 steals. Great. Reggie Bullock starting to come along. 23 points, 5 triples, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, 38 minutes. Minutes way up with Hardaway out. He's taking on the bulk of that role. And if you want a three-point guy with some other values there, nice steals. He's a 14-team league guy at least, and you can add in 12. Muxi Kleber did did the things that I like him for. That was a horribly constructed sentence. Let's try again. Muxi Kleber did the things that show why I like him for fantasy. Only 10 points, but who cares? Two threes, eight rebounds, three steals, four blocks. The problem is he's been so inconsistent with that, but he is a top 100 player over the last two weeks, and with Porzingis out, he does have some 12-team value. The burner, Jalen Brunson, had 20 with two steals. And Finney-Smith played 43 minutes for three points somehow. He did have seven rebounds and four assists, but you know, you're know you prioritizing Brunson over him. Probably Kleber, maybe even Bullock at this point. They're all still fringy guys. Not Brunson, he's a 12-team must roster. But those other guys are probably a little bit ahead, uh, ahead of where Finney-Smith is at this point. All right, let's do the next game. What's going on with the Brooklyn Nets? Six losses in a row. They lose to the Kings by 11 points. 101-112. Um, James Harden, four points, 18% shooting. He did have eight rebounds and 12 assists, but didn't hit a three. Didn't even attempt a single free throw. He looked like he was trying to get traded. He looked like he was basically saying to Brooklyn, kids, cover him, fuck off, fuck you, fuck you all. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be here. It it was, it's wild. What is going on with this team? Kyrie struggled 14 points on 15 shots a steal two blocks, but only one assist. Again, the sell high on Kyrie. You're not going to be able to sell high after today. Next good game, you've got to get him out of there. On the positive note, Nicky Claxton was um, he was great. 23-11, a steal, and five blocks on 82%. There's a lot of things there that aren't real. 29 minutes, maybe. 82% definitely. Five blocks, of course. Even 11 rebounds. Remember, he still is the 227th ranked player this year in 22 minutes. And Aldridge is out. Fine, have him. I'm not convinced that he remains a must, absolute must-roster 12-team league guy. I'm not convinced that he is. This is great, though, obviously. And if this kept up, then of course he is. But I'm not sure. We don't get to do it often, so let's do it. Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, mother, and only son. So it's a vintage James Johnson line. 29 minutes, 18 points, a three, a steal, two blocks, 73% shooting. This is coming from the 356th-ranked player. I wouldn't get too interested in it. He took the minutes off Kessler Edwards, who played only 19 minutes, seven points. And he's just that 14-team defensive streamer. Griffin only got 18 minutes after playing really well yesterday. The whole team's a mess. Paddy Mills is fine. Three steals, four threes. He's fine. I don't think long-term that he's a 12-team league guy, but he's fine here. For the Kings, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 19 points, 7 rebounds, 3 threes, 4 assists. Tyrese Halliburton only had 12 points, but four 11 assists and 4 steals is good. And my man, Shemezi Metu, 11 and 12, 1 steal, 2 blocks, two i I'm just keeping an eye on him for 12 team leagues. Davion Mitchell shot a lot, but shot poorly. 18 points in 35 minutes, replacing De'Aaron Fox. While the Rashawn Holmes issue continues. 21 minutes, 9 points, 1 foul. Why 21 minutes? 27 minutes for Damian Jones, 12 and 8 with two blocks. I don't think Holmes is a drop. But, top 50, I think, is very much out of reach. And maybe his strong run in fantasy. Maybe it just never gets recovered. That is possible. I'm definitely worried about it now. Hill didn't do anything. 18 points with one rebound and nothing else. Shout out Jordan Clarkson. Shot 44% from the field. And um, Harkless actually played 34 minutes for some reason. 10 points, two threes, one steal, two blocks. That's a good old-school Mo Harkless line. But I'm not going to read into it as anything that we need to pay attention to as we move forward. Most worried here about what Holmes is doing. I don't think it'll be the case as we move forward that he plays this little, but that's not particularly good. And then you had the situation where Metu and Jones and that combination were playing really well. And that gave them some extra minutes in this game. But obviously if you do have Rishon Holmes, it's really frustrating. It's also been brought to my attention that I missed out what could be the greatest Richie Beno of all time. And I can't believe I didn't mention it before, but so many of you, even ESPN tweeted about it. They didn't include Richie Beno in it, but we've got to do it. Des Bain. Two for two, two, two. On Richie Beno Day, well, Richie Beno Day in the States, because I know you celebrated over there. He had two assists, two steals, two blocks and shot 22.2%. 22.2%. Um, with those two steals, two blocks, Desi Bain gets your Richie Benno of the day. Wasn't the traditional Richie because he had four threes, but two assists, two steals, two blocks. I'll even throw in two fouls, two turnovers, and shot 22.2%. Richie, give us one more for the road, mate. Two for two, two, two. As I'm here wearing my uh, Richie Benno t shirt in honor of the great man. All right, the next game. I think we can almost just throw this game out, really. Considering who was absent, like, what does this tell us? The Jazz win 108-104. For Denver, there was no Gordon, there was no Jokic, and then no DeMarcus Cousins. So they started a front court of Austin Rivers, Zeke Naji, and Jeff Green. Naji had 8-8 eight and eight in 29 minutes. Jeff Green had a trip to the locker room, played just 20 minutes. Austin Rivers had 2 points in 29. There were some good things. Davon Reed played 30 minutes. He had 13, 7, and 4 with 3 threes. He'd been basically out of the rotation. Bryn Forbes played 30 minutes, had 26 points with 4 3s on 77% shooting. Um Reed shot 71% as well. Absolutely nothing that we can take out of that. The Big Stiffy played 20 minutes, Bones Highland, 10 points with 7 assists. Seven assists are good, but still only 20 minutes. Barton, 14 9 and 4, steal three blocks. Good. Monty Morris had 15 3 and 3 on 54% shooting. He did not get to the free throw line, and he hit 1-3. It's totally fine. It's And Jermichael um, Green did jack shit. Eight points in 16 minutes. But what are we getting out of this? Jokic comes back. Everything changes. Gordon comes back. Everything changes. It doesn't teach us anything. I don't think they're long-term issues. And even then, the two guys who played well, Forbes and Reed, they shot 71% minimum, which is not real. So I don't think there's actually any takeaway from any of this. It's not like well, add Forbes or stream in Reed because uh, like, next game they could shit the bed completely. But the Jazz, it's almost a little bit of the same. So there's no Gobert, no Mitchell, and then no Whiteside and no Clarkson. So Mitchell and no Ingles. So Mitchell's backup was Ingles. Ingles's backup for the starting spot was Clarkson. They're all out. Gobert, he was out. His backup, Whiteside, he was out. So we're starting third stringers: Trent Forrest and Yudoka Azabuke. Not that they played bad. I think Forrest is all right. 39 minutes, 18 points, 8 assists. But he shot 86%. He's just not going to have this opportunity. Now, we know Ingles is out a long time. Mitchell might be out for the rest of this week, but the Jazz play one more game this week. So you're adding of a Forrest, or you're adding of a Jared Butler who did all right, or Rudy Gay who had 15 and 9, or even Azabuke who had 8 and 10 in 22 minutes with two blocks. They play one more game. Is it actually worth it when, again, Mitchell might be back, Gobert might be back. We don't know that, though. And Clarkson might be back and it all changes again. So while well, it's great to see a little bit of Forrest, it's great to see Butler play well out there, I don't think there's any actual ramifications for this. Someone's going to have to step up into Ingles's place for sure. And I think Forrest is going to get first crack of that. But instead of 39 minutes, it'll be 21 minutes or 22 minutes and make him like a 16-team sort of league player. It's, that's where it might get to. I don't really think it gets any higher where he starts playing 30 a night And out here, yeah, balling out on everyone. I I really don't think he's going to get to that level with Ingles. He might, but I really don't think he's going to get to that level. Remember, Clarkson, Mitchell, Gobert all need to come back into this mix and it changes things pretty significantly. So don't... It's a weird one. It's great for Utah to get the win considering how things have gone for them in January. But from a fantasy point of view, I don't really think there's much to take away from it. All right, let's do the last game of the night. Apologies if you had to watch this game. It was not particularly good. But the Lakers do win it. They win, was it 90, 99 to 94 in the end. Um, some big games from a lot of Blazers players. They just don't have the players available at the moment to really get there. Stormer Norman Powell played 41 minutes, 30 points with five threes. Really good game from him. And Bob Covington, one of the stupidest games you'll ever see. He missed all eight of his shots. Oh, of 8. Scored no points. But he had 13 rebounds. Nine assists from Rob Covington. Four steals and a block and played 36 minutes. Just a wildly, wild line. I don't know how else to phrase it. Just crazy. Nurkic had 16, 13, 4, 2 threes. I think for our fantasy teams, we hope that Nurkic does not get moved. I don't know what this team's going to do. I think they're going to do dumb shit and I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. McCollum had 15 and 8, not his best night. Shot just 29%. Well, Trenton Wofford, a nice deep league guy. 6 and 6 in 15 minutes with two steals. Hmm. Anthony Simons shot poorly for the second straight game. Still had 19, 2, and 3, but these last two games have looked more like the old Anthony Simons, the poor shooting guy who scores and does nothing else. I hope that's not the direction this is going. You do get a little bit of those flashbacks from some of those prior games that he's had in the past. Um, We're still holding him, of course. We're not doing anything stupid there, but it's a little worrisome when you see that. For the Lakers, Mallow was great. 33 minutes, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 5 threes, and 2 blocks. Shot really well. And with LeBron out, he's solid enough to stream in for points and threes in particular. Anthony Davis was great as well. 30 and 15 with three blocks. He is going to play the back-to-back, apparently. And then Russell Westbrook didn't play huge amounts in the fourth quarter. Had just nine points on 25%, but had 10 boards and 13 assists in the steal. Now, he'd been playing much better. This wasn't that good. 31 minutes for Avery Bradley is probably too many. 11 points with three threes and four steals, although he does provide steals occasionally. They started Stanley Johnson, but in the second half, they started Dwight Howard, and then Stanley Johnson closed. 17 minutes for Stan, 11 for Dwight, and we care about neither of those players for fantasy. While Malik Monk had an absolute stinker. Five points on 20% shooting. I would still hold Malik Monk, despite this very, very poor night. Your lines of the night. The monstrous goes to Luka Doncic. The waiver wire line of the night. Of course, is the red rooster, Terry Taylor. Your young gun is LaMelo Ball, and the dud of the night is his teammate, Miles Bridges. Top 10 players today in nine category leagues. Um, at number one, Doncic. then Lamelo Ball, Lou Dort, Nick Claxton, Jaron Jackson, Fournier, Mitchell Robinson, Carmelo Anthony, Marcus Smart, and Wendell Carter Jr. Top 10 under 50% rostered, the Red Rooster at number one. Maybe some stream value there. Trey Mann, at least a 14-team stream. But the two games prior to this, man had played 24 minutes in each of those games and didn't do very much. Just remember that. Reggie Bullock, maybe. it's coming there, isn't he? At least a 14-team ad, maybe 12. I don't mind it in 12. Gary Harris, yeah. Maxi Kleber's got some 12-team stream. Zaire Williams, yeah, probably 14 to 16. Trent Forrest, 14 as well. Joshie Richardson was great today. I don't expect that to be a regular occurrence. And then Bryn Forbes and Davon Reed from the Nuggets. Really a circumstantial performance for both of those players with hot shooting that doesn't really translate across. For points leagues, your top performers today, Doncic, Lamello, Embiid, Claxton, Robinson, Terry Taylor, Jaron Jackson, Ja Morant, Kyle Kuzma, and Julius Randall. That will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.